Hey there, this is Mike and you're listening to Feeling Twisty. I'm really glad you're here. I listened to the Neville Goddard lecture, The Unalloyed, again, before recording my previous episode. There's a part of that lecture that reminded me of an experience I had one night. It wasn't a dream, not a sleeping dream. I guess you could call it a waking dream. It seemed to last for years and years. It only lasted a few moments, I think, but it sure seemed like I lived many lives in this experience. I was in bed the entire time, but living this life and many others through the course of this event. I was experiencing the results of every unlovely state I dwelled in. And in rapid fire succession, I felt every perceived injustice against me and every hurt that I've caused. It was all judgment and condemnation against those who I thought had wronged me and against myself, most of all against myself. A never ending torrent of regret and shame. I remember wanting a way out. I couldn't find a way out of this horror. There was nothing I could do to stop this onslaught or, or change anything. I knew there was a way, a way to move into a different state, but during this, I couldn't. I had no power to get out of it. All there was was guilt, shame, condemnation, and I was terrified. Terrified at the complete isolation that I felt, this total separateness that I was experiencing. My body was shaking. My heart was pounding. I just knew. <laughs> I knew my heart was going to explode at any moment. That's what it felt like. I heard my own voice within me say, this is hell. And after that voice said, this is hell, the whole thing stopped. It's still dark outside and Kim was still sound asleep next to me. In those moments, during that experience that seemed like many lifetimes, I remembered what it felt like when I believed I was this body, this person, this identity named Michael, haunted by my many failures, except in this case, it was everything, all at once, or immediately after, one, then another, and another. Oh my, it was dreadful. Nothing but the darkness of separateness and the finality of just me with one life to live. Now, I said that the unalloyed or a part of that reminded me of this experience. I'm not going to read the quote here. You can listen to that lecture if you would like. I suggest you do. It's a wonderful lecture. You can find it on YouTube. Just search for Neville Goddard, The Unalloyed. Neville gets into an explanation of the Hebrew characters that make up the name of God and the name of Joshua or Jesus, same name. But what he said in a nutshell was that hell is living with all of our mistakes, our sins, all the times we've missed the mark, fallen into unlovely states, 
and never being able to change, to transcend them. That's hell. And that's what I was feeling that night. But the good news is that we can transcend any state because we never have been the states that we've dwelled in. A state, as Neville taught it, is a body of beliefs, a phase of experience. And in that state, that this state of consciousness comes thoughts, our emotions, our desires come from this state. Me in a state of poverty will have vastly different desires and thoughts and reactions than me in a state of financial freedom. It's who I am, who I define myself as, not my true self, but who I say I am and the identity that I walk through life with and see the world and live from. But none of these states that I occupy in a lifetime are ever me, not my true self, and neither are yours. Nothing, nothing you've ever been labeled with by seeming others, nothing you've labeled yourself with. None of these things we think that make us who we are are really anything at all. Isn't that wonderful? There are many names given to our true nature. The Bible refers to it as the Lord, which is just the word they use in place of the name of God, which is I am awareness. Neville uses those words, Lord, God, I am, as well as awareness, consciousness, imagination, interchangeably. You might have heard other terms from other teachers as well. And Pam Grout, she's, I love her writing. Uh, she's written a number of books. She has a lot of fun with it. Check her books out. Uh, check out E Squared and her follow-up to that, E Cubed. Pam Grout. Anyway, the point is, it really doesn't matter what name you give your true nature. Regardless of what you call it, there is no journey to take to find it. There's no need to study any ancient manuscripts. No need to study the Bible. That's one of them. And there's no need to learn how to meditate. You don't have to do any of these things. You don't have to change your lifestyle at all try to become someone different to discover your true nature. Answer this question for me. Who is aware of the sound of my voice at this moment? Your answer most likely was, I am. There, you found God. Awareness. You're hearing me through a filter of the state you're in through the filter you call your identity, through the collection of what you call your past, all the things that you think make you, you. But the one aware of the things that you have believed make you, you, is your true self. The one back of all of these beliefs, aware of them, but not them, is your true self. Your wonderful, beautiful, limitless, universe-making self. The self that animates all things.
That's you. Hmm. It is. You're not who you've been taught you were. A body with a particular gender, with a name and a nationality, with traditions and social norms. We've all suffered from our own mistaken identity. You are the one aware of those things. God imagining that you are this person, this separate being walking the earth. Think back years ago when you were a teenager, or maybe even younger. You have memories of those experiences, don't you? Now think of yourself now. Your body isn't the same body from when you were a child or a teenager. But the one aware of those awkward teenage years and those experiences is the same awareness that you are right now. The bodies and circumstances have changed, but your true nature has not. Now, I might be butchering this quote from Muji, but he said something like, a person is what you experience. It is not what you are. I love that. A state is what you experience. It is not what you are. We go through many states, moods throughout the day, our weeks and months. You know, I used to agree with the Carpenters, that old song, rainy days and Mondays, always get me down. <laughs> I'm not my moods. I'm not my states. I am the one moving through these states. The heartache and misery in my life have come from this misunderstanding of who I am. Be still and know that I am God. That's from Psalm 46.10 and what Neville calls the first principle. It isn't a step one on a list of things to do. It is the most important thing, the important thing. You could call it not first principle, but the principle. <laughs> Be still, which means least action, effortlessness, letting go, loosening my grip and resting in the experience of my true self, God, unconditioned awareness, the stillness, that's who I am, the silence. Different terms for the same thing, different names for the same being, I, with nothing attached to it, self, God, Consciousness, awareness. <laughs> there really is bliss and joy in the realization of our true nature. We can still live the lives we want and have any and all things we want and still rest in the undefinable stillness of our true nature, living a life fuller than we ever thought possible. Back to the book of Psalms, the first Psalm, 
tells us that the one who rests in the experience of their own awareness of being rests in their true nature, the first principle, knows that regardless of what's going on in the world, they'll shine. Psalm 1 says, What delight comes to the one who follows God's ways? His passion is to remain true to the word of I am, meditating day and night on the true revelation of light. He will be standing firm like a flourishing tree planted by God's design, deeply rooted by the brooks of bliss, bearing fruit in every season of life. He is never dry, never fainting, ever blessed, ever prosperous. Hmm. This person knows who they are and lives a joy-filled, plentiful life, knowing that all of their desires are already fulfilled. Now, Neville isn't the only teacher who taught that our true nature is our awareness of being, our consciousness. In my opinion, he explains it in a way that I really got. I love the way he teaches, and that's why I use Neville so often. But many teachers have many ways to find or to tap into or to realize our true nature. I found, for me, that applying the law of assumption, as Neville teaches it, worked wonders. By daily practicing the art of imagining, I couldn't help but begin to notice the difference between who I really am and the states I occupy. One of my favorite verses is Jeremiah 33.3 in the Old Testament. It says, Call to me, and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Now, the writer of this book put it in a story form as this prophet Jeremiah, which, by the way, Jeremiah's name means God, or I am, loosens the womb. I am loosens the womb. I love that. And awareness speaks to me in this verse. It speaks to you. Call to me, and I will answer, and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Said the Feeling Twisty, or the Feeling Twisty translation, awareness, or God, is telling me, hey, call me, and I'll answer, and I'll blow your mind. <laughs> I took that verse to heart, and my mind has been blown repeatedly over the last few years. One of the most practical ways that I found to get to know my true self is to commune with it by imagining myself in the different states, states of my wish or wishes fulfilled. And I've talked before about how I began playing in imagination, moving in awareness from where I was seated or lying down on the bed to being aware of the space in my room, the space that filled the room where I was, and being aware of my body within that, and moving my awareness outside the house, and becoming aware of the house within me. And I 
I can't remember which episodes that I told you about how I would hear the birds chirping outside and I would move my awareness to the bird and become conscious of being the bird flitting overhead, looking down at the house. These are ways that I learned, communed with, built rapport, if you will, with my true self. We experience this world through the states we occupy. So how do I do that? Well, if you've studied Neville, you know this already, but I know I have a lot of people I've spoken with that are new to Neville that have recently started listening. So I'll briefly, I'm just going to read a quote from The Unalloyed. Neville says, Tonight, if you have any objective, do it in this simple, simple way. What would you see if it were true? And he's talking about your wish, if your wish were true. How would you see the world if it were true? Well, begin to see the world mentally as you would see it physically if it were true. And go sound to sleep in the assumption that what you are seeing mentally is physical fact. What you actually see mentally is physical fact. When I do it, I assume this new identity. I'm not Mike. Mike is a state as well, a very persistent one. I've been Mike for over half a century now, but it isn't me. I am consciousness, awareness, imagination, love. So it isn't this present Mike that is in the new state. Let's take broke Mike. <laughs> I'm not taking broke Mike with me into my state of financial freedom. I am consciousness, conscious of being broke, Mike. And when I imagine what I would see as a wealth creator, what I would feel, I'm not broke, Mike, becoming a wealth creator or becoming financially free. I am consciousness or awareness moving into a state of financial freedom as Mike. Now, that's the way I see it. That's the way I do it. It's not a rule. It's not something that you have to do, but I enjoy seeing it that way. It made movement easier for me. Because in the beginning, I noticed that I was dragging some of the old state with me into the new state. It's only a matter of perspective and what works for you, what's best suited for your temperament. You find the best way for you to move from the state you're presently in into the state of your wish fulfilled. So as awareness, I become aware of being financially free as Mike. This is a new version of Mike. It's got a new and improved formula. <laughs> the more you play with states, the more you practice the art of imagining, you will begin to realize that this whole thing, this universe that seems so separate and expansive is within you. And you'll get to a point where you already know your desires are fulfilled. Hmm. There is indescribable freedom in the realization of your true nature. I'm on episode 202, and I still haven't found words in my language to articulate 
just how magnificent you are. You're beautiful. I'm beautiful. We're all one. The limitless experiencing limited states. Now let me tell you a quick story about a very talented artist who turned her career around with one simple shift in awareness. She asked that I keep it anonymous, but she allowed me to share her story with you. She told me, I used to be a struggling artist, but then once I got a really big assignment, I thought, oh, I must be good enough, I guess, but always sort of doubted, and assignments would halt, they would dry up. Then at a certain point, I got so fed up with it, and I said to myself, look at what you've already done. Nothing can take that away. You will forever be the person that created this. And boom, all of a sudden, everyone wanted me. Now I'm trying to apply that to my whole life. And she added, she's seeing constant movement and feeling better than ever. What a lovely story. She turned her attention from dried up prospects, from lack toward how talented she is. She celebrated all the wonderful pieces of art she'd already created. Jeremiah 33, three, call to me and I'll answer. Call to me, imagination says, and I will answer. You can put the state of your wish fulfilled, the life you've always wanted in that spot. And it's saying, hey, call to me and I'll answer. Hmm. Anything we put our attention on with feeling will be answered. Our doubts and worries don't stop the wonderful things that we want from flowing to us or cause them to lose their attraction to us. No. Our doubts and worries just momentarily keep us from seeing those wonderful things, from being aware of their presence in our life already. Nothing is separate from us. Nothing is apart from us. Our bodies, our little uh, personalities, everything is within awareness, within God. Thank you to the woman who shared that wonderful story with me. And thank you for listening. I love you. I'm feeling twisty.